Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. So I will start by asking a very interesting question. Some people, it's church, so I know some people raise up their hands and some people won't raise up their hands. How many of us have had, found it difficult to forgive somebody before? If you have, don't lie. That somebody did something to you, somebody offended you, or offended your family, offended your family, and it's, you've been, you've, you found it difficult to forgive. Raise up your hand. Yes. Okay. So how many of us are bitter about something? There's something that somebody has done and there's bitterness in your heart. You are not happy. Okay. How many of us, you know we are in church, so people will not agree. But I will continue asking. How many of us have had issues with malice? Like somebody hurts you to the extent. Let me not say mal- let me not if I say it like that, it's 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 be as if oh you are committing one big sin. How many of us somebody has offended you to the extent that you don't just want to really talk to the person again? You rather not have any business to do with the person. How many of us are there? Have been there, okay. So I just read this census or this poll to tell you that nothing is wrong with you. <laughs> Praise God. If you felt that way before, you've harbored that emotion, it is the normal human response to hurt and pain, especially when people disappoint you or let you down or hurt you. Praise God. It is the natural human response, praise God, to exclude, to cancel people. But the truth is this, we are not permitted to have the natural human response. Praise God. The Bible doesn't say the thing should not pain you. But the Bible prescribes what you should do with that pain. Hallelujah. And as a Christian, God expects you to walk worthy of your calling because you know better. Praise God. Hallelujah. Also, the topic of forgiveness, and if you talk about forgiveness, it also means there's unforgiveness and bitterness is very important for the Christian life because for you to understand God's forgiveness, you must understand the topic. You must understand the mindset of God. For you to understand how much he has forgiven you, do you understand? To know to the extent to which you have been forgiven. It is when you understand the extent to which you have been forgiven, it now becomes easier for you to forgive other people. Praise God. So it's, a, it's not a topic that when you talk on, people are happy. They're like, yay, the Lord, he bless me, yay. It's not something. It's something that, it's something that touches the, our emotions. It pains us. As I'm going to be teaching you, talking about it, some things I'm going to say are going to hurt you. Praise God. But if it hurts you, it means I'm cleaning the wound so that it can heal. Praise God. So I'll go right into it. For unforgiveness is the, the dictionary defines it simply. It says the act of being unforgiving. 
He says it's the act of being unforgiving. But what the Bible refers to it as is to keep a grudge, hold a grudge against someone. Most times, to hold a grudge, it means somebody has done something. No right-thinking person will just wake up and just say, eh, I don't like Pastor Kwefa. The, the, do you understand? I cannot just wake up and say, I don't like him. My not liking him or holding him against something against him means that he has done something. Either knowingly or unknowingly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has done something either knowingly or... I'm stressing the unknowingly part because we live in an age of, especially in Nigeria, they say you own too much. You don't like some people basically because of what they are doing unconsciously to you or to other people. You don't just, just say, I beg that person too much. You don't start to harbor anger, malice, bitterness in your heart. If somebody calls you and says, what did this person do to you? Say, I beg, I beg, I beg, I beg. You want to, you want to, talk back at me, please. Talk to me, right? You want too much. So, it's, some people don't like you because they are seeing your social media feed. You've not done anything. You don't even know they don't like you. There are some people you even you, you don't like. Let's be real. Say, ah, that girl too much. Just they do, just they do, just they do for Instagram. Eh, every time. Eh, what did the person do to you? The person does not even know. <laughs> but eh, say, ah, I go show. Some people even have boys to the extent that I say, I go show and pepper. The, the person you are. The person has not done anything to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. But the Bible doesn't expect us to hold grudges against people. And what is very interesting is that a lot of people have, have institutionalized their bitterness, their unforgiving character. You have seen as so I be. Some people even go as far as justifying their exclusion of somebody else or their beef. I like to let me use the word beef. That's the real word. Their beef with scripture. And I'll read one of those scriptures. And thank God we are doing the teaching on how to study your Bible. So we are going to exegete. And this morning we talked about exegesis, eigesis, and hermeneutics, right? Exegesis and hermeneutics. We are going to properly together, since we are already practically exegete this particular scripture, Matthew 18. Can we go to Matthew 18? Before we go to Matthew 18, the problem with unforgiveness and bitterness is that it is a very, it's a wormhole, it's a very winding road. It starts small, and before you know it, it leads to other emotions, anger, resentment, malice. It doesn't cause death. It has caused people to commit murder. It has caused people to commit grievous bodily harm. To injure people. To verbally and use their words to injure people. Some people physically injure people. To hurt people. To cause hurt. To cause pain. And if care is not taken, there's a cycle of pain and revenge. Just because one person or a couple of people couldn't forgive. We've seen it in the Bible. Cain and Abel, the first mother, 
What was the cause of the first murder? The cause of the first murder recorded in the Bible is your own too much. Don't think about it. I'm bringing it to our modern day. The cause of Cain and Abel's quarrel is your own too much. You offer sacrifice, God collected it. I offer sacrifice, God did not collect it. And there was an enemy. There was a, there was, what, what God told Cain, sin lays in the door of your heart. It means that it was the, the, the sacrifice was the straw that broke the camel's back. But the sin, the unforgiveness, the malice, the beef was already in the door of his heart. And what ended it? What ended that story? Person, key person. One brother, key another brother. So people justify their exclusion of others, their bad character, their institutionalized unforgiveness with Matthew 18. Let's read Matthew 18 from verse 15 to 17. And we'll read it together and I will tell you why this scripture is wrongly interpreted from scripture. Moreover, if your brother sins, can we read it together? One, two, three, go. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you have done what? Gain the brother, verse 16. But if he will not hear, take with you one or two more, that by the word of two or three witnesses, every word may be what? Established. Verse 17. And if he refuses to hear them, tell it to the church. But if he refuses to even hear the church, then let him be to you like what? A heathen and a... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, the way people interpret the scripture, they, they do part one and say, ah, I tell her you know here. I tell people, they tell her you know here. I won't tell pastor, you know here. Because of that, ah, this matter will carry until we die. At least when God, Jesus say, I don't try. Is it not true? But if you think about it, the person, the person not try. If you do that thing, you go and tell the person, you carry people to tell the person, to advise the person, the person still no agree. You say that bad is the right thing he did to you. You've tried. But did you see in any place there where the thing said, the Bible, Jesus said, don't forgive the person. Did you see it there? The first principle of biblical interpretation is this, is that you must read your Bible literally. Don't add anything. Just read it first. Don't add don't bring what is in your mind or what's in your character, what's in your village or what's in your culture and put it inside and use it to interpret it. Read it literally. Did you see anything that says, don't forgive the person? He said, treat the person like a heathen or a tax. So you, the, in, to interpret it properly, you have to now ask yourself, who is a heathen and who is a tax collector and why should we treat the person like a heathen and tax collector? And how should hidden and tax collectors be? Is it not simple? Is it not simple? Some people are not happy with me. <laughs> so, yes. Let's go to the Old Testament. Let's go to the Old Testament. So what is a hidden? Hidden is a Gentile. Someone that is not of the Jewish tradition. So all of us here first, we are hidden. So let us be treated as like hidden. <laughs> but in Leviticus 19 verse 17, it says, thou shalt not hate your brother. Even in the Old Testament, where they say eye for eye, tooth for tooth, the Bible says, thou shalt not hate your brother in where? Your heart. Not to talk less of say to even bring and come out. 
thou shalt in any wise rebuke thy neighbor. You can rebuke him, like tell him what he did, but you shall not suffer sin upon him. You cannot hold him in your heart to the extent that you now of sin against him, hurt him, or revenge. This is Old Testament God talking. In Proverbs 25, verse 8 to 9, he also says, Go not forth hastily to strife. Don't go hurry to quarrel. Don't hurry to unforgiveness. Lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof. So that you don't know at the end of the day when you start the wala, you don't know how it will. See, I won't break person's head. Do you know how it will end? Where I come from, they say, when you say you won't break person's head, no forget, say, nothing say you leave your own head for us. Praise God. When you are going to break somebody's head, your head, you don't cut your head and keep it at home and go and break another person's head. You, you will carry your big head, like my own. You carry it there to go and break another person's head. And whatever you see, the end result of the breaking of heads, you will hold yourself. When thy neighbor, okay, lest thou not know not what to do in the end thereof, when thy neighbor has put thee to shame, that he has offended you, debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself and discover not a secret to another. So he's saying you should tell your neighbor. When he say debate, not shout, or it means tell him, explain what he did to you, the wrong he did to you, and let it go. So in the old Jewish tradition, the Jews were only permitted to settle their disputes among themselves. So when Jesus was talking about that in that Matthew 18, verse 15 to 17, Matthew 18, verse 15 to 17, when he says, treat somebody like a hidden or tax collector or tell it to the church, it expected that if there was a dispute, you settle it amongst yourself. Paul explained this thing very well in 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6. You know, I always say, when you read the Gospels, use the epistles as a workbook for the principles of the Gospels. So, in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul was telling the Corinthians, now that you are in Christ, don't settle your matter the way you used to do before you get, got born again. So, he said, dear any of you, having a matter against another, go to the law before the unrighteous and not before the saints. So what Jesus was saying, he was teaching them from the law they knew to the law they did not know. When he said treat them like a tax collector or publican or a, a publican or a hidden, it means that when you try to settle the matter amongst yourself and it doesn't work, that's when you will now treat him as if he's another brother that is not a Christian or is not a Jew that offended you like a tax collector or publican. You can now take the person to the Roman court. Are we together? to the Roman court to adjudicate the dispute. It was the exact thing that happened at the crucifixion of Jesus. When they brought a charge, the crowd brought a charge against Jesus, the first place it was taken to, say you are the king of Jesus, you are king of Jesus, who did they take him to first? Pharisees. They took him to the Sanhedrin. Because in a Jewish matter, the first place to resolve the matter is before the high court of the temple. And when the Pharisees discovered that, oh, this matter... They cannot settle it. They cannot just put somebody to death like that because of their Roman overlords. They took the matter to Pilate. And when Pilate saw that under Roman law, Jesus did not do anything, what did he do? He sent him back to Herod. He said, he it's a Jewish matter. Go and settle the Jewish matter. Do you understand the logic? 
So if I'm using that scripture, verse of scripture, to institutionalize your bad character of malice and bitterness, that's not what, he did not say don't forgive the person. Praise God. He says take the person to court. The fact that I say take the person to court does not also say don't forgive the person. I'm a lawyer. There are plenty of people that I'm doing a case against. I'm showing them paper in court, but I'm not angry with them. I come out of the court and I smile with them. Praise God. When I get inside, I wear my wig and my gown. I shook him knife. Where, where? Sha, sha, sha. When I come out, I'm not angry. So my wife used to ask me, how do you do it? I'm like, it's not personal. Do you understand? It's not personal. For me, it's work. And I don't carry my emotions to work. <laughs> Say, I've gone the verse. Eh, this person can't do something. I could just die. You know how many cases I've done? Praise God. So I'm forgiving. The person is my friend. I talk to the person. I can offer the person help outside my case. Do you understand? I'm cool. I'm cool. I will smile. That's why when you go to court, you see lawyers come out and they are laughing with each other. They almost killed each other just now. They will come out, they will be laughing. Hey, they will go out. They will have, they will go, the other one will go to the other one's child's birthday. Go to the other one's wedding. Give him money. It's not personal. It's work. You carry the matter. You will tight, 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 tight. Keep it there. Kill yourself. Praise God. That is what the scripture was saying. We have properly... How many of us understand that scripture now? If you understand, you raise up your hand. Say, I understand it. That's what it was saying. It was, Jesus was not giving room for unforgiveness. So when he said this thing, Peter, not tired for the matter, he now said, <laughs> in that same scripture in verse 22, he now said, because Peter understood what Jesus was saying. That's why he asked that question. If Jesus was saying, don't forgive, Peter will not ask the question in Matthew 18, verse 21. So let's go to Matthew 18, verse 21. Matthew 18, verse 21. He says, Peter said, And Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall... Can we read together? One, two, three, go. Said, How often shall my brother sin, offend me, and I do what? Forgive him. He now wanted to qualify it so that Jesus will know. You know, Peter is a very smart guy. He now said, up to seven times, because Peter had an anger issue. He wanted to know, maybe I can bear my body for seven times. After, I said, after the eighth one, I give him. You understand? Like the way he caught that guy's ear. He said, after the eighth one, I finish the guy. You get? And Jesus answered in 22. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times. That's where the scripture came from. That's where the topic came from. 70. So Jesus says, for you to even consider, not that for you to forgive, for you to even consider to not forgive, the person must have offended you 70 times 7. The only person that can offend you like that is your wife. No other woman. <laughs> the only person that can hit that target easily is your wife. And if we won't put Jesus' target and say in one day, your wife cannot even meet the target. I'm telling you. Your, sorry, it's only your husband. Let me not, let me not say I'm, I'm a feminist. 
Only your husband. And he cannot even meet, no matter how hard he tries. No matter how hard he tries. Try it. You must, you must be a devil from the pit of hell. To offend somebody 70 times 7 in one day. Uh, no matter how hard you try, 24 hours, you know if you first person like that. Praise God. Up to 70 times 7. And Jesus, to illustrate it further, to give context to the fact that you, should, you don't have a right to harbor unforgiveness or bitterness, he explained it to the parable. Remember, Jesus always told parables when he wanted to teach strong things. He gives an example, he tells a story. So let's read Jesus' story together. 23. Therefore, the kingdom of God is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants for cultists. cultists here, they say, like person who wants to settle score. Praise God. You know in church, we used to think that bad people don't, people that are, are from kind of people don't come. They feast it day. Do you understand? Church is laundromat. Hallelujah. And in our community, we're having cult fight everywhere. So I have to preach to them too. Praise God. Yes. If we are here, go and tell the rest people this message. God is going to use you to bring the words to that place. Praise God. You join for a reason. You do not know. It's God that was using you. You are the evangelist or the cultist. And when, and he, when he began to settle the accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. This is plenty of money. I don't want to go waste time to explain what, how much it means to this currency. But as he was not able to pay, the master commanded that he be do what they do to him, they should sell him to slavery. Not just sell him to slavery, sell his wife and his children and all that he has so that they will pay the money. Imagine you owe so much that if they won't sell only you, the money no go complete. They will sell your wife, sell your children. That's let us say you have two children. That's four lives at stake to pay one debt. Show how bad it was. That payment be made. The next verse. The servant therefore did what? Can we read this together? One, two, three, go. The servant fell down before him. That's worship. When you want to God to do something for you, you lie down. You prostrate. You be rolling on the ground. Fell down before him, saying, "Master, have patience with me, and I will do what." Pay you all. Next verse. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. Next verse. But that servant did what? Went out and found one of his fellow who owed him a hundred. And he laid his hands on him. When they say he laid his hands on him, it does not mean that he, I know, didn't like, so that we fall down and prayer, Holy Ghost lay hand. It meant that he beat him. Praise God. He beat him where he beat him very well. He laid his hands on him and took him by the. Pastor, Bay, come, let's active him so that people remember. I know you are just, I know it's your Thanksgiving, but permit me. So he said, he guy jacked the guy. What do you need to do to him? Sorry, I don't know this. He jacked the guy. 
I'm demonstrating it because this is you people's character. A lot of you. This is what you are doing to many people. Look at me. He jacked the guy. Or the worst one I hate more than is the police hold. When they hold you, women are the ones that do this one. They will hold you like this. They will hold you with your boxer. You know they go anywhere. You must pay me that money today. This one, the only you cannot even release, you cannot even get away from it. Even if you are naked, you cannot. They will not allow you to be naked. You cannot pull your trousers. If they hold your throat, you can do like this. If they hold you like this, where are you going? Sorry, Pastor Bay. Thank you. Thanks, even Lord. Oh, he said, my husband, you are not going away. You are a wicked man. Give on me, give me money for the children. You are a, that is your character. And he held him by the throat and he laid his hands on him and said, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet, the same way he did his master, that worshiping him. Started rolling and begged him, saying, have patience with me. I will pay you all. Next verse. And he would not, but went and did what? Threw him into prison till he should pay. I don't understand. Even police understand this principle. If you imprison somebody, how do you want to collect the money? Do like, you understand? They say, hey, they owe me money. You don't want to pay You want to carry and go prison. If he go prison, I go pay you the money. You are just a wicked person. Say you won't allow the person to even be outside first to be working so that I can pay you. And he threw him into prison until he pays the debt. Next verse. So when his fellow, fellow servants saw what had been done, they were grieved and they came and told their master all that had been done. Quickly. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You what? You what? You what? I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Next one. Should you not also have had compassion, compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Thank you. Just quickly open Matthew 6, verse 9 to 13. So that I'll talk to us quickly, I have very short time left. Jesus, that story, remember, it was Jesus that said it. And after he had set the target for forgiveness, what Jesus did was that he told the story between us and God because it was us who offended him first. And if in our offense to God, we are the first offenders, we did not apologize. We did not say we were sorry. We did not beg, but God forgave us. Mm-hmm. Did you beg before Jesus died for you? Some people say, I did not repent, did not confess my sin. If you, they had borne you before Jesus died, that you had to beg God so that Jesus would die for you, stand up. You are here, you are alive over 2,000 years ago, and you, you fasted for 50 days, or 40 days and 40 nights. For the remission and forgiveness of your sins. So God now had so much pity on you that they now born Jesus. And 30 years later, Jesus now died for you. If you are here and you did that, raise up your hand. So that I will know what to call you. So, and let me tell you how great your sin was. Your sin deserves punishment. 
don't think, that, when we talk about sin and we're talking about grace, don't think that you did not was that grace. You all sinned is that punishment. And the punishment for your sin was death. Is death. Both physical and spiritual. Utter darkness. Death. And that was what justice demanded. That you die. But you do not beg. Some people don't like to pay me. Say, hey, may you come beg me first. You know, not tell me I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> so I'm telling you how much God expects from us. You are not forgiven the day you said the sinner's prayer. Whoever teaches you that is teaching you a wrong theology. That's not the day you were forgiven. You were forgiven when Jesus died. And that was before your grandfather was born. Are we together? So why you, are you not like that wicked servant? Not expecting that people come and roll on the ground and beg you and still throw them in prison. When Jesus was teaching us to pray, in the Lord's Prayer, in Matthew 9, one of the most important components of the Lord's Prayer was about the forgiveness of death. But that's another scripture that people don't properly interpret also. And we all know it. Can we say it together? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. When you read it, you think that the condition precedent for you to forgive people is the, the fact that, oh, it's when you're not forgiving people. Some people say, let me forgive people that God will forgive me. No, God has already forgiven you. Forgiven you. What Jesus was teaching was, was a mirror. He was saying, I'll forgive people the way I have forgiven you. What did I say? Forgive people the same way I have forgiven you. When someone you are praying that prayer, you are saying it, you are reminding yourself on the, of the extent of forgiveness you ought to give out based on the forgiveness that God has forgiven you. And when I was teaching on the gospel of Christ here, I talked about, I differentiated clearly between the, between the, the word atonement, which was forgiveness in the Old Testament, and remission of sin, which is what Jesus did. If you are not here for that, let me remind you. Atonement was when you used the blood of the ram to temporarily cover over the sin. That was why every year they had to do it. They had to give a sin offering. But when Jesus did a remission of sin by his blood, what he did was a total blotting away of the handwriting and everything like it never happened. Like the sin was never committed. There was no account of wrong. There was no account of wrong. So in the same way, God is saying in the way he has forgiven us, that is the same way that we ought to forgive others. For as he is, so are we in this world. Everybody say, as he is, so am I in this world. If you're not sure about it, say it again to yourself. As he is, so am I in this world. So the way a Christian should forgive in respective of the pain, irrespective of the heart, is the same way, the same measure that the Father forgave. Is it easy to do? No. That is why you have the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.32 Colossians 3.13 Ephesians 4.32 quickly. We'll just read the scriptures quickly.
Let's all beat. Let's read this one together. One, two, three, go. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all. Stand up, everybody. Let's read it again and touch your chest. One, two, three, go. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from me. Put your name there. Be put away from Amma with all. Stand up. Colossians 3, verse 13. Read it together. One, two, three, go. Bearing with one another and doing what? And forgiving one another. If anyone against another, even as Christ forgave you, so I must also... Can we sit down? That is the measure of forgiveness that God requires from you. Write these three points down quickly. Number one, forgiveness is a choice. It is you who determines whether or not you forgive somebody. Right? And the reason why people struggle with forgiveness, especially when we are talking about love, 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 love. The problem of many marriages is unforgiveness. The problem of many marriages is what? And an expectation <laughs> or condition precedent for the forgiveness. Say, before I forgive my wife for that thing she did, eh, she must come and kneel down. Or some people say, come to my village and dance in the village square and bring goods. What's wrong with you? It, what it came to my mind to tell you is not very good, but the written is that your head is not correct. Say my culture, eh, in my tradition, if a woman cheats on a man, the woman will first come to the village square, dance naked, before you can forgive her, and you are born again, your head is not correct. Say if not, the man will die, you will be sick and you will die, your head is still no. If any man is in Christ, a new creature. Say, it will do, I know if you forgive, I'm not lying. You, you have not made the choice to forgive the person. You have carried the person's matter, you have spread it to the whole family, you have spread it to the whole village. Hey, this person, this is my husband, or this is my wife, is a bad, it's a bad person. My wife now winch, or this is my husband now winch. Forgiveness is a choice. I say some people will not like me, but me, my style is this, preach the word of God and go home. I'll sleep away this night. No matter how, what or how a person offends us, it's our choice whether we forgive them or not. Number two thing you have to write down, if you say you are born again, you have the capacity for forgiveness. Your, your character is not stronger than the, than the character of God, the spirit God has given you. Your character is a, very, is a, is a weakling compared to the spirit God has given you. Spirit with a break chain, Spirit, spirit, where wins they fear? You say you're strong, you're strong. You still go with ordinary hand, ordinary leg. You just walk. 
you, you, if you go have fire by yourself, go release people. Say you are stronger. Even, you are, even the strongest juju man, I challenge him. He should go down to Hades, where he's collecting power from, and go and release the captives. They mad. But that's the spirit you have received. That is the spirit you have done what? You have received. You have the capacity for it. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It talks about the fruit of the spirit. It doesn't say the fruits. Say the fruit. Can we open that scripture quickly? The fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit. And the fruit, in that fruit, it has different tastes and different flavors. And the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering of patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Next one now. Gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Once you apply, you they chop this fruit, they chop and chop and chop and chop and chop and chop and chop. You cannot be eating this fruit. You cannot be on a diet of this fruit and be unforgiving. Cannot work. Hallelujah. You cannot be on a diet of a, such a vegan diet. They say it's fruit now. They don't say it's meat. <laughs> if it's meat now, you can accuse it. But they say it's fruit. And you now say you are obese. You are carrying unnecessary load of unforgiveness in your mind. Nah, it won't work. The reason why you have that bitterness in your heart against that person is because you are not eating the fruit of the Spirit. Praise God. And hey, this one is very important. If you know here the other one because fruit of spirit, this one, this thing can kill you. I did research. And John Hopkins University, one of the most renowned medical universities in the world, says unforgiveness and bitterness can kill you. Read death. This one is not spiritual death or a fire. And it's not bad because we kill you on earth and kill you in eternity. It's not good. They said, let me read them. They said, bitterness can lead to sickness and disease. Some of you will come, pastor, pray for me. We we'll pour one full jerrican oil on your head. Your disease will not go. It's unforgiveness that is causing it. It can eat you up. Studies have found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels, and sleep. Some of you say, I cannot sleep in the night. I cannot sleep in the night. Now you, now you be the winch where they worry you. Sleep. Reducing pain, blood pressure, levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. So it's not pastor. It's medical people that said this thing. You get what I'm trying to say? So if for anything, if you want to live longer, you don't have medical issues, forgive that person. If you are not hearing the one, according to Paul, he said even if the word of God is preached for bad reason or good reason, as long as the word of God is preached, I'll be. If you don't want to forgive because Jesus says you should do it. Do it because you want to live long. Hallelujah. Unforgiveness can also hinder you from working in all that God has planned for you. How do you deal with unforgiveness? Come to God earnestly and don't hide your pain away from God. God is not afraid of your pain. God is not afraid of your heart. In fact, it's because of that pain and heart he has brought a remedy in the Holy Spirit and in Jesus, the comforter, in Jesus and the Holy Spirit rather. Tell God, this person has offended me. He's paining me. I cannot forgive this person by myself. Jesus, God, help me forgive the person. Simple. Don't be proud. 
Don't deny it. Just simple prayer. I say, Lord, this person is really, this thing is paining me. I, I do that a lot. Say, God, this thing is paining me. Ah, this person is really, this person really, it pain me. I'm not going to lie that thing is not pain. It pain me if you leave only me. Ah, you know, go good. But help me. And when you constantly pray that prayer, when you constantly set your heart, and the Holy Spirit helps you set your heart, you'll be able to deal with that bitterness, that pain. You're able to forgive your husband. You'll be able to forgive your wife. You'll be able to forgive your in-laws. You'll be able to forgive your friend. You'll be able to forgive your business partner. You'll be able to forgive anybody that's hurt you. Some people are, lastly, some people have not forgiven themselves. That's the worst one. That's the highest. MC Adopikin, we say, is the ogakpata-kpata of them all. When you have not forgiven yourself for something, some people have done abortion, some people have lived a life wherein they, are, they have not forgiven themselves for, for the consequences of that life. What God is saying to you is that if you cannot harbor unforgiveness against another person, you cannot have it against yourself because God has forgiven you. Praise God. Because God has done what? God has forgiven you. So you must forgive yourself. So that you can walk in all that God has for you. Can we just stand up and pray an earnest prayer to the Lord? Say, Lord, I've heard your word this morning. And I'm asking that you walk on my heart. Some people are saying, eh, I forgive people easily. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. You don't know what somebody will do to you. That it will be as if it is your limit. It is your breaking point. And you now have to have unforgiveness and resentment. But just... The, 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 the psalmist said, Lord, search me. Lord, search me. Create in me a clean heart. Search me. So just ask the Lord to search you, to help you. Walk in forgiveness. Lord, we thank you. This prayer, nobody can pray it for you. You are the one that's prayed for yourself. That you want to forgive people that, to the extent that people will remind you of the pain and you will not even remember. You are forgotten, like the character of God, remission of offense, remission of sin. Not counting people's trespasses against them. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We ask, O oh Lord, that a grace is released for forgiveness. An oil of gladness will flood this place. Everyone struggling with bitterness, malice, that that pain is gone forever in the name of jesus broken hearts are mended they are healed they are healed they are healed the pain is gone that hurt is gone that god hurt is gone we start to live our new life in christ we start to walk worthy of our calling in jesus name have we prayed amen thank you for listening to the cgmi living springs godful podcast you can follow us on instagram twitter Facebook and YouTube at CJMI underscore Springs.